Hey, Ifam, welcome to our fresh new year with us here at the DCC. Our theme for the year is Resilient 2020, and together we know that we will pursue, overtake, and recover. Yep, that's right. So here's an awesome word from our senior pastor, Pastor John Tarrance. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this word. Seeing it's the month of love, we're going to do uh, some sermons on love, and I'd like to speak to you this morning on the love triangle. And again, the sermon outline is found in your church app. Um, all you got to do is download the app and then follow us uh, in that app on that um, outline. There'll be words that will be missing. All you got to do is just fill in those words. And then right at the end, we ask you to email those notes to yourself so that you can uh, keep those notes. They're yours. You can use them uh, and, and, and you can do whatever you want with those notes, but allow it to feed your spirit. Amen. So this morning, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, I'm sure it's a familiar passage of scripture that you've read before. 1 Corinthians 13. I'd like to read it in the Passion Translation, slightly different. And uh, here we go this morning. Verse one, if I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy, nothing wrong with that, with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, wow, awesome, nothing wrong with that. And if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith, nothing wrong with that, that could move mountains, but never learn to love, then I am nothing. And if I were to be so generous, again, nothing wrong with that, as to give away everything I owned to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. And then verse 4 begins to explain really what the God kind of love is all about. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently, consistently kind to those who have been kind to you. What? Did I read it wrong? What? Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Oh, okay, that's, that's a little bit close to the bone there. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. For it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. And I want to end right there. Father, as we come to your word today, I declare that you and your word are one. And you said the entrance of your words 
brings life and it gives understanding to the simple that we panted and longed after your word and that we love your commandments. And I thank you today that even as your word comes, Lord, let it inspire, let it build us, let it bring faith on the inside of us. I thank you today for the manifestation of the God kind of love in our hearts, Lord. Let it not be just something that we know, the Greek word of, or it's some fact that we have in our minds, but I pray, let this love that comes from heaven trickle down and cascade into our very hearts, that we would be carriers of your love, that we can transmit this love into our city, Durban, into our country, South Africa, God, that we can transmit this love into our marriages, into our relationships, down in our workplaces, wherever we might be. We thank you today for the reality of a living, loving Savior who loved us so much in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. So here's a letter I'd like to read uh, this morning. Uh, was written by a woman, and she says in the letter, Dearest Jimmy, I don't know if your name is Jimmy, but if it is, it wasn't you, all right? Dearest Jimmy, no words could ever express the great unhappiness I felt ever since breaking our engagement. Please say, you'll take me back. No one could ever take your place in my heart. So please forgive me. I love you. I love you. I love you. Yours forever, Mari. Shame this woman really, I think she repented. How many of you would, would, would say she's repented this woman, right? Man. Uh, but we forget that there's a little a PS at the bottom of the letter. And the PS reads, congratulations on winning the lottery. Oh, okay, now that changes things completely. <laughs> Not sure if she loves him for who he is or for the money that he won, right? But that's, be that as it may, uh, I want you to know it's a very good example of the kind of love we see floating in the world today. And one thing is for sure, all right, I want to make a statement. The world really has a warped idea of love. If you look at the world today, and you look at just how people conduct themselves and their understanding of love, it's a very warped idea. And I think it's because of the influence. You know, we have Hollywood, and you have celebs, and celebs invariably can't uh, stay married if they are married. They can't stay married because they love themselves so much, there's no room for somebody else in their lives, right? But when the world thinks about love, I think they think about sex, they think about nudes, they think about lust. Uh, they think about freedom. Yeah, you just got to be free, brother. Just love is freedom. And you can do whatever you feel. You can be whoever you want to be. There's a, there's a thing right now that you can be whatever you want to be. If you're a male and you feel like being a woman today, you can be a woman. And then tomorrow, if you feel like it, hey, you know what? There's a vibe for me to be a man. You can be a man. Be whatever you want. They call it the genderless uh, generation. And in this genderless uh, generation. You can also be, if you want, by gender, and now even they've introduced a tri-gender. Tri-gender is you're neither male nor female, but you're somewhere in between. 
I don't know where I am, but I'm transgender. Or they call them non-binary people because uh, there's no record of us. We don't want to be attached to the institution of the world, right? But really, all it is, it's all of this is just a, a, a really a, a deep-seated need for love. A deep-seated need for love. And you know, we use love in so many things. We say, well, I love my wife, and then I love my children. And really, the way that you love your wife is not really entirely 100% the way that you love your children, right? And then in the same breath and in the same context, we say, I love ice cream. But do you love ice cream the way that you love your wife? Oh, I just love Nando's, Pastor John. But do you love Nando's the way you love your husband, the way you love your wife? We use that as a generic word. Even amongst believers, I love you, brother. I just love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> but deep down, they're planning their next move against you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. What does it show? It shows that we really don't have a real deep understanding of the word love. And truth be told, we're living in a very physical and sensual world. And it's evident by the things where they say, I want to see it, I want to taste it, and I want to feel it. It's very real, a very physical, sensual world. If you are selling products and your products are not moving, brother, all you got to do is just have scantily clad woman standing by that table, and I tell you what, your products will move. The people buying the products won't necessarily need the products, but because they've been moved by what they see, they will buy those products. It's a proven fact, all right? And so I want to speak to you this morning a little bit about love. And I want to begin by saying, well, what does God have to say about love? Because after all, the Bible says in 1 John 4, 8, that God is love, right? So what does God have to say about love? And I've, I've taken the three kinds of love. There's actually four in the Bible, but we can, we can join the second one, you know, uh, and, and I'll tell you about it. I, I want to speak about the three kinds of love, which is really agape, which is the God kind of love, the God love. And then there's filio, which is brotherly love that I have with my brother in the Lord or I have with a colleague like David and Jonathan. And to that love, we could also attach sturga or storga love, which is a love that a father has for his child, a mother has for his child. And then there's the last love, which is the eros love, and we get all of the physical out of there, all right? So the first thing is the agape love. What kind of love? Agape love. Okay, so what is agape love? And I've got like some boxes here, and you can see the agape is the bottom base of this triangle, and that is things like unconditional, all right? So we know that God's love for you and me is unconditional. You woke up this morning, and before you ever did anything for God, He loved you. His love for you is unconditional. We don't work for the love of God. The love of God is a gift that we receive, and it's not based on how you dressed. It's not based on have you been a good parent? Have you been a good child? Have you been a good business person? It is the unconditional love that comes from the heart of God. Hallelujah. And then we know that that love, brother, is compassionate. 
It's a compassionate love. We see that clearly depicted when the prodigal son comes running back to the father. And in the Bible, it says, while the, fa- the son was still afar off, the father runs towards his son. Even though he had squandered all his goods, even though he had lived with the pigs and done whatever, whatever, but the father's love was compassionate. And he runs to the child. And before the child can say anything, he begins to kiss. And in the Greek, he kissed and kept on kissing and kept on kissing and kept on kissing because that love is a compassionate love. Hallelujah. But also not only that, we know that the love of God is limitless, which means it can never come to an end. There is no fear for you to wake up in 2030. Let's say we're still living. I wonder, is the love of God still going to flow? Is there still going to be enough love to go around? That The love of God is a never-ending flow of divine love that comes from the heart of God to you and me this morning. It's limitless without an end. And we can see not only that, it's directional. What do you mean? Is it what, What's directional? In other words, the love of God is not directed to this little tree that's growing here and this blade of grass. The love of God is directed to every human being. I don't care what color you are, how tall you are, whether you got hair, whether you got no hair, the love of God is directed to every human being. I want you to know that this morning because the devil has lied to some of you to say that God doesn't love you. Who says he directs his love that is unconditional, it is compassionate, and it is limitless that comes to you irrespective of whether you are a drug addict or you've done a crime or not, the love of God comes to you. Can I get an amen? Amen. It is directed to every human being. And then not only that, but the God kind of love, the agape love, is a willful affection that comes from the heart of God. Sometimes I think and say, you know what, God, if I was you, I wouldn't love mankind. I mean, they're so fickle. They turn on you. They put their fist in your mouth. They blame you for this, that, the other. But I want you to know, I'm not God. Thank God for that. God is God all by himself. And there is a willful affection that he directs to every human being. Hallelujah. Not only that, but we understand that the love of God, I want to use this word, is a lavish kind of word. It's lavish. And we're going to break down that word for you in just a moment. Amen? And so I've got that as the base of my triangle here because, and we'll talk about it just now, the agape love, which is all of these loves. If you want to know what is love, it's unconditional. If you want to know what the love of God is, it's compassionate. And if you read 1 Corinthians, it's gentle, it's kind, it's all of that. So when you are unkind, that's not the love of God. When you are not gentle, that's not the love of God. Now, sometimes you might have to rebuke, but you rebuke in love. You have to correct in love sometimes. That doesn't mean you're all woozy on the inside and you can't correct what's wrong. You have to correct what's wrong, but you do it with the Spirit of God, with the Spirit of love. It doesn't stop you from loving those people. Can I get an amen? And then we have the filial love, which is this next base. And that filial love, like I said, is between, like in the Bible, Jonathan and David. So it's a brotherly kind of a love or a sisterly kind of a love. It is a love that involves friendship. You're my friend, and I love you as a brother. Hallelujah. And then not only that, but there's a fondness, all right? Not that kind of a fondness, but 
a proper kind of a fondness. You know what I'm talking about. So there's a fondness that is there. And then not only that, but it says, as a brother, I'm devoted to you. I'm committed to you. Hallelujah. In other words, it reminds me of when Cain rose up and slew his brother. And God said, where is your brother Abel, Cain? And Cain said, am I my brother's keeper? It's a rhetorical question because absolutely we are each other's keeper. And you can be each other's keeper if we are devoted to each other, if we are committed to each other, if there is a fondness on the inside of me for you, if there is a tender affection that I have for you. In other words, when you weep, I weep. When you rejoice, I rejoice. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? And then we have the third kind of a love, all right, which is really the ultimate expression of all of these that finds its place in marriage. The erotic type, which is a passionate type, it's erotic, it's physical, it's essential affection, is found in the confines of a man marrying a woman, and the two become one, and in that intimacy, we have the eros kind of a love, okay? Now, if you have the base right, and you have the foundation right, then this kind of a love that happens in the confines of a marriage can never get to a place of lust. But if you don't have the right base and you don't have the right everything else flowing, then this kind of situation happens, happens outside of marriage, happens, uh, you know, out there, and it really ha comes across as, as being lust, all right? It is the fulfillment of lust. So we're going to look at that a little bit, and I'd like to see the relationship that these three have with each other, all right? Um, so looking at that word lavish, for example, we spoke about the word lavish, about the God kind of love. Let's talk about the agape love, the God kind of love. And we said that it is lavish. And I looked up the word lavish, and here is what it means. It means there to uh, be extravagant. How many of you like that word? I like that word. Extravagant. It means unrestrained abundance. That's the lavishness of God. It means holding nothing back. Now, you could spend time just meditating on this. And in other words, and just... Uh, sensing the extravagant love that God has for you and you being able to receive unrestrained abundance of God's love and you realizing that it dawns on you, that it is impressed in your spirit that the love of God means that God never holds anything back from us. Hallelujah. I want you to lift your hands this morning and say with me, God's lavish love, God's lavish love is so excessive that it's marked by unrestrained abundance. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and say this with me. It is the abundant outpouring of His favor with unexpected surprises and rich provision. That's the lavish love of God that He has for you. Lift your hand one more time and say, God's lavish love for me is something that far exceeds even my wildest imaginations. Hallelujah. That's the agape love. That's the God kind of a love. This is what C.S. Lewis said about love. He said the agape love is the highest level of love known to humanity. You can't get anything purer. You can't get anything better. You can't get anything more higher than the agape love or the God kind of love. 
And he says it's a selfless love, a love that is passionately committed to the well-being of others. Praise the Lord. Now, this is what I want you to understand this morning as we look at the love triangle, that really every other love flows out of the agape love. Every other love, whether it's the filial love or the sturge love, the love that a parent has for their children, or the eros love, every other love flows out of the agape love. That's very, very important, all right? And when you look at the agape love or the God kind of love, you need to also know that it is the only constant out of all the loves. It is the only constant. Every other kind of love is subject to change and is variable, but the God kind of love, the agape love, is the only constant. So that means that I can attach my life to that love. That means that I can attach and build my marriage on that, on that love because it's the only constant. When there is a storm raging out there, the only constant is going to keep me secure. When things are said about me and said about you, if I don't have my love founded on the agape love, I'm going to be woozy and wishy-washy. But if my life is built and my mind and, my, and every part of me is built on the agape love, it's the only constant. It will see me through every storm. Say after me, the agape love is the only love that will see me through every storm of life because it is the only constant. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? And if you want all the other kinds of loves to work for you and to last for you and to build you something that is worthwhile, something that will go on and on and even into the next generation and the next family and the next family, you have to, you have to, you have to allow the agape love to continuously infuse and seep into all these other loves. You have to feed agape love into every other kind of love. The moment you stop flowing in agape love is the moment you now, you revert to a natural kind of love. And how many of you know, a natural love can only do so much. A natural love is conditional as well. A natural love is subject to change, depending on how you feel for that day. So that's very important. So this is what I want to say to you, that because of that, the agape love or the God kind of love is the essential building block for everything in life. If I want to build a good marriage, what do I need? Do I need to know a whole lot about sexual stuff and what tablet to take and blah, 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 blah. It might work for a couple of times, but then that's just going to, you know, come to nothing. You've got to base that marriage on this love, the God kind of a love. Because I tell you, if you're not feeding that marriage with agape love, then it becomes uh, lust. And then you're looking, you, you, you know, you, you, I don't know how to say it, but you're engaged in some activity and you've got some other floozy on your mind. Because it's not, it's not infused with agape love. If you want your business to prosper and you want to have a good working relationship with your employees, sometimes you want, to, you want to do this, man. Sometimes you want to just fire everybody. I mean, it happens. But you've got to allow the God pay love to 
fill you and for you to have grace on your lips and all of this. If you don't, that thing, that business is not going to last. Everything, whatever you build in life, whatever you build in life. Anybody here keen to build something worthwhile in life? Huh? Or are you here today and gone tomorrow? One of those. Going to take as much as we can, break everything, and then we're out of here. No, we're here for life, man. We're here for, until the very end. If we are here till the very end, we have to build with agape love, the God kind of love. And we have to allow that love to feed the filial love. And that feeds, if I'm married, the eros love. That's how it ought to be. And then I can build something that is worthwhile. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen. So let's look at the world's view of love. All right? The world's view of love. And we see here that there's a JPEG, and, and, I've, and you can see from this next clip that it, there's two triangles, and you see the, here of the, of the one triangle on the left, you can see that the base is actually Eros. And then we're thinking about failure. And right at the top, small, little insignificant, it could be God, but it could be just, I don't know, there's a color about me, there's an aura, there's an aura about me. Oh, I don't know, I feel God in the tree. I see a spotted owl. There goes God, you know. So that's why it's, it could be. But this is the world, how they, how they build themselves up. And then when you look at it as, as you as a person, because we are spirit, soul, and body, then you see the worldly view. If, you, if you're without God, you are founded. Everything's about the body. Everything's about the body. We spend so much time on the body. Hollywood, is they, I, I, I was watching them one time. A lady did about 30 body lifts and tummy tucks and, and lips when what and what and what and out. 40, 40 surgery later. She looks like Donald Duck. <laughs> this one eye is, is, uh, is higher than the other. I think I just did too many, uh, you know, lip implants and face lifts and whatever, whatever, whatever. She looks like terrible. 40 surgeries later. Why? Because they emphasize the body. And the soul is there. That's the next thing. But, you know, we don't want to spend too much time with the spirit because all about the body. That's the world's view. And the world, the human worldly view of love says, I will love you if you love me. I will love you when I get something out of loving you. I love you because I want to get something out of you. Or I will love you when I feel. I'm going to feel feel emotionally connected to you? Or what happens when you don't feel emotionally, because feelings come and go? Or I will love you when it's convenient for me. It's not convenient right now. I'm just in a bit of a, I need to put lipstick on. I need to, you know, sort myself out. It's not convenient for me right now. But let's look at what God says. What's God's view of love? And again, you'll see the two uh, pyramids. Like I said there, it's based on the agape love, the God kind of love. There's filio, there's eros. And then we look at it when it comes to our body, your spirit man is more important than your soul and your body. I believe that when Adam was created and placed in that garden, his, it was first spirit, soul, and body. When he fell into sin, the order was reversed. If your spirit man is strong, everything else will be strong in your life. Now, I believe in exercising and eating right and all of that, but not at the expense of your spirit man not being built up. Priority is the spirit of your persona, your spirit man. 
or your spirit woman, right? And when you look at God's view and what does God say, God says, I will love you even when you don't love me. I will love you even when you don't do anything for me. I will love you even when you are unlovable, and I will love you even when it costs me. And how many of you know it cost Jesus? It cost the Father, Jesus. It cost the Father, His only begotten Son. Hallelujah. So here's what happens. Here's what happens. Without agape love, we take something that is built and we make it into nothing. That's what we do. Without agape. Without agape. We take something that is built and we make it into nothing. But with agape, with agape, we take nothing and we can now make something out of it. How many of you can see that? Without agape, you take something that's already existing, something that's already built, and you smash it. You destroy it. Without the love of God, we destroy. With the love of God, we build. Look at somebody telling them, without the love of God, we destroy. With the love of God, we build. Now let me just go, I know our time's up, I've given you about five minutes. The love of God, here's something about the love of God. We think that we, we can receive the love and then we've got to just store it. Put it into this tank. I've got this holding tank, Pastor. I've got the love of God in it. I'm going to keep it as a reservoir. It's in, the, it's in my bank, hallelujah, my spiritual bank. The love of God doesn't work like that. The love of God works as you receive it and as you give it. It works on the ebb flow system. That as it comes, I release it. As I receive it, I give it. As I receive the love of God, I give the love of God. And if I want more love, if I want to experience that love so that I can build and I can do something that's worthwhile and we can be a testimony and we can be an example, I, if I need that love, I've got to give that love. Hallelujah. If I need that love, I've got to give that love. Come on in this place. Can you say amen? amen? The greatest thing that will stop the flow of the love of God is fear. 1 John 4, 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And the Bible says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and and what? Love and a sound mind. God has not given you the spirit of fear. Fear comes, it chokes up the channel through which that love ought to flow, and you run out of God's love. Get rid of the fear, and you open up the channel, and the love of God begins to flow. Can I get an amen? Romans 5 and 5 says that hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Ghost who was given to you and me. Hallelujah. If you have the Holy Ghost, then you need to know that the Holy Ghost is wanting to pour out the love of God in your heart. The Passion Translation says that the love of God would cascade down into your heart. And as that love cascades into your heart, you are able to give that love. You cannot give what you have not received. But when you do receive the love of God, brother, give out that love. And as you give out that love, you position yourself for more love. You become a vessel. You become a conduit for God's love to flow. 
The agape love, what is it? It's simply loving like Jesus loved. It's just simply loving like Jesus loved. Well, pastor, that's impossible. He's the son of God. He's the son of man. But how many of you know that everything Jesus did on the earth, he did as the son of man because he was reliant on the Holy Ghost. He went into the river. If he operated as the Son of God, there was no need for him to be baptized and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But he was telling everybody, I'm not coming here as God, even though I am the God-man, 100% God, 100% man. I'm coming on this earth, and I'm going to operate like a man because I want to show you that what I do, you can do as well. Because everything I did, I did because of the Holy Spirit. See, in the natural, you can't love. We can't love. In the natural, you can't love. So the agape kind of love, can we get that screen up, is simply loving like Jesus loved. That's what it is. Simply loving like Jesus loved. How do we do this? By actively allowing Jesus to love through us. In other words, we are simply vessels that pour out what God pours in. We pour out what God pours in. We pour out what God pours in. You have to pour out. It's like, it's like giving, tithing. You hold on to that money. You clog up the flow of finances. You clog up. Fear comes in. You don't give out the love of God that you receive. You stop the flow. To continue the flow, just keep giving out what God puts in. Hallelujah. And that love of God, let me tell you, as I end here, is it is personal. Like I said this morning, it's directed to every human being. The love of God is not general, generalized. Generalized. Well, pastor, you know, he's this big God, created the universe, holds the whole world in the palm of his hands. And you know, he just loves everybody, just loves everybody. So on a Sunday, you come and you just partake of this general God, and he has a generalized love. And then you go back to your home and you act like you, like the devil and just do whatever you do, and Sunday you come back and you, oh, there's a general God. He's not a general God. He's a personal God who personally loves you. He has you in his mind. It's a personal thing. And like I said before, love that is not reciprocated goes nowhere. That's why a lot of people, they don't know this love because it's a general love. God generally, he generally loves everybody. He generally loves everybody. So I don't have to do anything with this love. And love that is not responded to does nothing for us. But when you respond to the love of God, let me tell you, that love is so pure, so powerful, so dynamic, that it has the power to change a life. What is it that brought you to Christ? It wasn't fear shouldn't be. It was his love. Even though when you had a whole book and the devil was showing you the pictures and the chapters and here and there, and then he put that book away and got volume two and he went on. But it was the love of God that drew you to Christ. Hallelujah. And I'm here to tell every single one of you, God loves you. 
I don't know what it is that you've done and what you've said and blah, 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 blah. And God is aware of that. And I'm not trying to downplay that. But what I am playing up today is that His love for you is greater. With every head bowed, every eye closed in this place. You might be away from God today. I don't know. You might have no peace. Things might have happened in your life. I don't know. But I'm here to tell you that is not the end. Don't go out of this place today without fixing what is the most important fact. The fact is that God loves you. But what are you doing with that love? Because unreciprocated love goes nowhere. But when you reciprocate and you respond to the love of God, something supernatural, something miraculous begins to happen in the lives of individuals. The unimaginable, the unexplainable, the unthinkable. People looked at you and said, can nothing good come from this family? Nothing good can come because your father, your grandfather was this. Your great-great-grandfather was. There's a whole genealogy of murders and rapes and crimes and what, 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 what. And, and you're just like them. And it'll stay like that if you don't reciprocate because unreciprocated love goes nowhere. But if you respond this morning, and responding is the most easiest thing, just opening your heart and saying, you know what, Jesus, yeah, I missed it. Yeah, I failed. <laughs> Absolutely. And right now, the Spirit of God is moving over your heart, whoever you are. And I'm here to tell you, all you need to do is just respond. The easiest thing would be to respond to the love of God. The hardest thing would be to turn your back and walk out of here. And just call it a day. But I'll tell you, you will keep on living that defeated, broken, agonizing, suffering, sorrowful life. You were not meant for that. So right now, I'm going to count to three. Every head bowed, every eye closed. And those of you that say, Pastor John, would you pray for me today? I'm coming just as I am. I need the love of God. I'm going to open my heart and receive. I want to reciprocate. I want to respond. Would you pray for me? I gladly would do that. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody looking around. All right, here we go. One, get ready. Two, I'm going to pray for you right now. Three, lift your hand up high wherever you are. Hand up high. Come on. That's it. Don't be shy. Lift your hand up high this morning. Where is that hand? God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Pastor, would you pray for me this morning? Things aren't so good. I need Jesus. I need His forgiveness. Here's my hand. Where are you? Lift your hand up high. Don't be shy. We're going to pray for you. I want everybody in this place right now to repeat this prayer after me. Would you say after me? Heavenly Father. I come to you today in Jesus' name just as I am with all of my faults, with all of my failures, with all of my sin, and I open my heart. I repent today. I'm sorry, Lord, doing my own thing, living my own life, but today I receive your love. And I say yes to your love. With my heart, I believe. And with my mouth, I confess that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Right now, it's your blood that cleanses me and washes me.
I receive eternal life and the forgiveness of all of my sins. And I'll never be the same. Never, ever, ever. From today, I'm your child and I belong to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, there are people at the end of your aisle. We'd like to just pray with you, give you some literature. I'm going to dismiss the service. I'm going to ask you right now to get up from your seats and go with those people. They're going to take you to a room and spend some time with you, all right? Can we put our hands together and give them a big God bless you this morning? That's right. That's right. Anybody else? Anybody else? You need to go right now just so that somebody can take care of you. The rest of you, let's stand up this morning. All right, let's stand up this morning. Hallelujah. Father, I want to thank you this morning for your word that has come to us. That we can love like Jesus loved. That it's not something theoretical, something airy-fairy. But I thank you today for actively, just actively, allowing the love of God to flow through us, God. We don't want to walk in unforgiveness. We don't want to walk with bitterness. We don't want things will happen, Lord, we know that. But I thank you for a greater power, a greater love. And Lord, we want to build healthy relationships. Yes, we want our marriages to be strong and to go on and on and on. And we can do that if we feed our marriages the agape love. I pray today, God, give us the wisdom, give us the strength, your blessing upon every one of us as we go today. We go blessed in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Wow, what a word this morning. Yep, we hope that you caught all that was preached and apply it in your week. Yep, thank you for being part of our eFam. Hey, don't forget to like, share and subscribe to this channel before you leave. So, from all of us here at DCC, until next time. Until next time.